All right, another great episode of Coach Dad coming to you here. Um, got a lot of updates here. Got some really uh, interesting conversations that I've had with kids. Got some good, um, just some good insight for all you uh, coaches out there interested to get your thoughts, interested to uh, see how you guys would have reacted or do react in certain situations. Um, but we're going to talk today about, you know, what happens when things aren't going all that well because, uh, or at least maybe the numbers or the record, your record says so. Um, I think this in particular is a very important, um, it's an important part of coaching. It's important that we are able to teach kids how to cope with uh, failure, how to cope with um, loss, and, you know, uh, as usual, just kind of the value of hard work. Um, give you a little bit of an update here. I think we are, I think we're like either five in nine or we're six in eight either way I mean obviously things have uh, we're not winning a lot of games or as many games as I think everybody would like for us to um, now there's a few things that go into that obviously we uh, we're dealing with kids that are going into a transition year for the most part given that you know, all but one of my team are all nine-year-olds in a 10 and under league. Uh, plus, this is the first year that they faced kids pitching to them. So, I think that <clears throat> for the most part, I'm not unhappy at all with how things are going. But, you know, there are kids that are struggling. Uh, kids that have either stalled their progression or haven't got any better. Um, there's maybe a kid or two that's gotten worse, which I really, as a coach, I don't like that because I feel like that's a reflection on me. Um, but let's start with, <clears throat> you know, there's going to be a lot of times where, particularly in these transition years, whenever they're making big jumps in the competition level and maybe... Uh, just playing against older kids there's going to be a lot of times where either you do well enough to win or you're doing or maybe you are winning and you just blow it by the end uh, I think there's a couple important lessons there I think being able to teach kids how to win you know as we've talked about before winning is a skill um, and I don't think that winning, the skill of winning is something that has been given enough attention uh, in youth sports. And, and mainly because I think there's so few people who understand how to teach the skill of winning. And, you know, I mean, I, I, and to be honest with you, I'm not a thousand percent sure that, I'm, that I teach it the correct way. But the... The big thing is, is you can't really teach kids how to win. The skill of winning without them ever being in a position to win. You know, so first and foremost, being able to give them a foundation 
uh, foundation of skills, you know, your fundamental skills uh, that, that enables them to be able to put themselves in a position to where they are good enough or they are set up to win, I think is a big deal. I think that that is a large part of uh, the battle right there, is being able to put them in a situation where they can learn to win. Uh, being you know, being in a situation where they can they can clearly identify did I do something that beat myself or did the other team just outright beat me or, or, or whip me or whatever you want to call it. For me, you know, this year it's been kind of a mixed bag. Obviously, we've ran across a couple teams. Uh, who have a lot of 10-year-olds. I don't make any excuses about that. I don't care if they're 10 years old or not. Uh, but there have been some... There's been a couple pitchers in particular that I have learned that they actually play travel ball on the weekends and they come and pitch in the rec league that we play in um, on the weekends, or, or through the week, rather. And it, there's a clear difference in those pitchers and the rest of the pitchers in the league and uh, but also you know as a coach we have to one thing that I think that we as coaches have to do better uh, my assistant coach bless his heart um, he was I don't think he ever played baseball at a particularly high level maybe he played other sports but baseball in particular is a sport that there are individual skills that other players will have uh, that will supersede anything that you might be able to do. Uh, Meaning that you clearly might be overmatched. But there are ways in baseball specifically for quote-unquote the little guy to be able to overcome these types of um, matchups, you know, this one kid in particular I'm thinking of that we faced, he threw really hard compared to the rest of the, the pitchers that we, we have faced. My assistant coach before the game goes over to the fence and says, guys, this pitcher is throwing really, really hard. You need to back up in the box, blah, 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 blah. All right, they, get, they have officially been freaked out right there. You know, I, and I get, you know, the the talk track that maybe, uh, well, I, I don't want to sugarcoat it for kids or I, I don't want to give them any kind of false impressions about what they're up against. And I, I, dude, I get that. But this is the thing. We have to th- keep in mind the psychology of a nine-year-old kid. If you tell them something is scary as an adult, they're probably going to believe you. So if you tell them that this kid is out there and he's throwing really hard and harder than anybody else that we've seen so far, you know, they're, they're going to believe you and they're probably going to get freaked out. And honestly, it they did. They did. I mean, because, and, and maybe shame on me as the head coach for not, you know, going over and, and kind of belaying that, that statement. Uh and telling them kind of my take on pitchers that throw hard. Because the reality is is that, you know, this kid was throwing really hard, but he was throwing strikes. 
And for, for those of you who know baseball specifically, that's actually, that's doable. I mean, all you got to do is start your swing earlier. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk tracks, talk tracks that you can get around to, to send a positive message um, on top of those fundamentals that I feel like I've instilled in these kids already. I think that they, they have a good fundamental base. I think we've done a good job of, of teaching those fundamentals. So now we have to keep, make sure that their mind is right. I think that, like I said, my assistant probably probably as good as we have made them with their fundamentals probably superseded all of that with um, psyching them out before the game. But anyways, needless to say, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say we got killed. We didn't. Uh, the, the reality is, is uh, we scored, I think, two or three runs. I think they scored nine or ten. But the reality was, is like, they didn't like hit the ball all over the park. We did a lot of really silly things. Um because I feel like though we have that good fundamental base because we superseded those fundamentals with um, psyching the kids out before the game I felt like it bled over into our into some of the things that we do well like like base running and uh, uh, defense it just just made some really silly mistakes. They're uncharacteristics of, of my teams, and um, <clears throat> I think that the older that we get, you know, we talk about the little things with our kids a lot. And the older we get, I think the more these little things matter uh, because the the talent gap, the the everybody gets better, and you know all you know. Rising tide, you know, raises all ships, so they say. Uh, everybody's getting better, and everybody's getting a lot closer to uh, to each other as far as how good they are. So I feel like if we can keep everything lined up with the little things, with the fundamentals, with making sure our minds are right. I think that we can be in a lot better position to be able to teach kids how to win in these situations because the better the team you play, the more in line those things have to be, right? You know, I mean, we can't we can't go out there with a crooked sword and expect to cut a straight line, so, so to say. You know, we can't go out there with a crooked, I'll say it again. We can't go out there with a crooked sword and expect to cut a straight line. So, <clears throat> that's kind of my take on teaching kids the skill of winning. Because, I mean, right, I mean it's, it's clear that in today's world, you know, whenever things get hard or whenever things get scary, you know, kids tend to want to fold up and quit or, or walk away from things. It's hard to, and it's, and the reality is, once they start quitting, 
it's hard to stop it. It's a contagion that, that just kind of multiplies and gets worse and worse and worse the more that you allow it to happen. Um, so, that being said, uh, be sure to include thoughts in your head at least about am I teaching kids the skill of winning because it's not only it's not just about being better than the other team the other team might not be better than you I mean I, I know I've had teams in the past that <clears throat> we were not better than the other team that we played but we still beat them and it's all because of, of these little things you know we're doing these little things to be able to set us up for for success and, I've, and and for all you rec ball coaches out there, I completely sympathize with you because I've experienced both types of teams. Every team every year is different. You know, you get to keep your little, you know, protected players or saved players, whatever, however y'all's league does it. You know, you got your little core group of players, which is great. But the, the reality is if you don't have that same buy-in from everybody – it gets hard. Um, and in rec leagues, you just don't have control of that most of the time. So I, uh, I totally sympathize with you rec ball coaches because I, I'm, I deal, I'm dealing with it this year. You know, the team I had last year, it was a phenomenal team. <clears throat> we were not the most talented top to bottom, but we did a lot of, we did most of the little things. I would say not all of them but I think we did most of them really well and everybody was bought in every single parent I mean I could put a practice on and I couldn't you know I, I couldn't I couldn't have less than nine or ten players there just because I had I had committed parents I had committed kids they all loved being around each other they all loved being coached it was a great environment this year's different, you know, I mean, I've got, you know, maybe a group of seven or maybe eight at the most, but really it's just kind of seven kids that really show, ever show up to practice, you know, um, I can't, I can't really get it, make it make sense in my head whenever I have a kid who maybe isn't as good as another kid but he comes to practice every single time we have practice and he does everything I ask him to do but then this other kid who might be a little bit better but he never comes to practice he has he, he kind of struggles with 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 getting better at certain things because of that because he never comes to practice and we never are able to work on anything really frustrating when they show up to the games then and they want to know why they can't play XYZ position or why can't I pitch or why am I batting in a certain spot in the lineup well it, because I've, I've got kids that come to practice that have committed themselves to doing something to getting better and you're not and again youth sports it's tough because it's like 
it's hard to really blame the kid a lot of times because they can't drive themselves but at the same time they also need to hear it too I mean um, maybe if you can let them in on the why maybe why coach is doing things a certain way maybe mom and dad will make more of an effort to get their kids to practice I mean because I'm also one of those weird coaches that puts it out there to all the parents that guys I'll come pick your kid up take him to practice if you'll just come pick him pick him up from practice I, I, I think that as coaches if our heart is in the right place that we really want to get these kids better I think that that's where we see the most success and I don't know everything I do in when it comes to coaching is all about these kids because I, I just you know youth sports gave me so much growing up you know being a being a child of a broken family you know a divorced family uh, not having a dad around it gave me a lot of positive male role models and you know I, I, I'm not saying that <clears throat> any of these kids don't have positive male role models I think for the most part all of them do but I uh, I nonetheless I make myself there I make myself available for all these kids because I know that amongst all these kids one of those kids could be the me from you know God knows how long ago 30 years ago you know looking for something you know looking for that attention from the male role models looking for that affirmation looking for something that I could pour myself into just make sure you're always there coaches because you, you never know who you're touching sorry I got off on a tangent there but <clears throat> coming back to what do we do whenever things aren't going quite how we planned or as well as we wanted them to go it's quite simple you keep coaching you have to be absolutely certain of yourself of everything that you're doing you have to be able to look at yourself and say am I doing the right things and coaches I'm gonna go ahead and tell you most of the time the answer is gonna be yeah you're doing the right things there's not, a, there's not a lot of coaches out there that are doing it wrong. There are, there's a, a fairly decent number of them that are. But I would say most coaches are doing it reasonably well. But the one thing that you can't do is whenever something starts going a little bit wrong or a little bit haywire, you can't just abandon ship. You have to stay on message. You got to be the fixed point for these kids to be able to look at and think that everything's going to be okay. That's all for today, guys. Again, what do we do whenever things get tough, whenever they're not going how we want them to go or how we expected them? You keep coaching. And that is the message for today. And guys, I really appreciate you joining me today on the Deco Podcast. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. We are the Deco Podcast. We are dads who uh, are looking to pay it forward 
<clears throat> who are trying to learn from the mistakes of our fathers uh, and make it better for our future generations, uh, either through sports, uh, through male bonding, through fellowship, through faith, or what have you. But guys, anybody that you think might benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all your favorite podcasting platforms, you can find us there, the Dadco Podcast. We're also on Instagram, the Dadco Podcast, and Twitter at the underscore dad underscore code. Don't really do too much posting there, but we're there. But uh, anyways, guys, that's all I got for this week. Another episode of Dad Code, or excuse me, of Coach Dad. Keep coaching, guys. Dad, out. <laughs>